Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Jesus reminds us to watch for the signs of his return. Today, we will explore further what we are seeing in our times that line up with what signs he said would indicate the potential of the end and his return. We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, uh, Kathy. Um, here we are. Good morning. On uh, End Times Friday. I uh, believe this will be airing uh, middle of February, right after uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah. And uh, we're taping this slightly ahead of Valentine's Day, so uh, we uh, are getting ready. I know you guys You guys kind of go on a little uh, overnight, right, somewhere? Yeah, we have a fun. Actually, on that Wednesday night, we will. Um, so there's this cute little inn. Um, I think it's in Raleigh, Mass, um, called the Briar Barn Inn. Yeah that uh, we're going, we're going to go get massages. We're going to dinner with some friends there and then staying over. It's a super cute little inn. Um, so yeah, just looking forward to a little little getaway. What about you guys? Um, well, we're, uh, the following weekend is President's Day weekend. And so we're heading that's up. That's right. We're heading up uh, skiing. Um, oh, up, that's right. I think mountains. I knew that. So yeah. we're, we're going to do that. And then um, Totally and Linda's skiing again, which is great. Yeah, yeah, she's doing yeah. good. Yeah, that'll be fun. And uh, we, uh, I told her we're going out to Valentine's dinner on the 13th mm-hmm. because uh, Denver, um, you know, universally, because of the people take, you know, go out to dinner. Oh, yeah. Um, they basically go to a very limited menu. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they they raise the prices to a hundred dollars a person <laughs> because uh, they can. It's kind of like florists. That's it. Florist. Yeah. Roses become really expensive yeah. around Valentine's, yeah. right? Yeah. So because they can, um, and then you don't really get to eat what you want. The food is fair to poor, <laughs> and it's you know it's three times as, as expensive. So uh, we go out and we just go out the night before. And right, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it's been a while since we've celebrated Valentine's on Valentine's Day, but yeah. this we're actually going with um, a handful of friends are also getting rooms at the inn and just having dinner together. So it'll be super fun. It'll be a, a sweet night. Yeah. Well, um, as we're you know uh, looking at the end times and and the focus obviously is Middle East and uh, uh, Israel, um, and as as we've been explaining over you know since actually October. Uh, you know, Hamas uh, entered a war with Israel by uh, invading them in, in the uh, uh, Gaza area, um, and that triggered uh, a, ba- a major response from Israel, who mm-hmm. basically have uh, attacked uh, Hamas. Um, and uh, we had uh, has Denny has Denny's. Uh, thing appeared yet let's oh, see. Uh, that's a great question i don't know but if it hasn't people should definitely tune in yeah um, i'll see if i can find something while you're talking um, yeah um, but we had denny uh, weinberg um who's a leader in, in living waters or in abide ministries and um we 
uh, he went through a really good discussion of the whole thing about um, particularly that the way it's portrayed to us is that you know you got Hamas, which is a group of military leaders that are anti, obviously, Israel and trying to eliminate Israel, and that the population is is kind of innocent. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're just you know they're just there and they're getting caught in it. But but the truth is that the people of that region are all committed to to that deep terrorism uh, approach, and so it's you can't just separate it and say, well, we'll just get rid of the leaders. It's really what happens in that whole uh, region in uh, Hamas. So that's why uh, Israel and Netanyahu uh, have said, you know, we're not going to stop until everything is resettled and they no longer are going to be a threat to us. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, they're doing things, uh, of course, like attacking leaders. Uh, We haven't heard a lot more about the hostages that are left, and there's like 150 or so left. Um, likely they might be dead already or still being used. We're not sure. Um, but they're attacking it. Uh, Israel's attacking them, um, and they're doing things. Remember, there's a whole extensive tunnel system underneath the city. And right. They, and they basically rise up into things like hospitals and mm-hmm. um uh, you know, uh, medical facilities and libraries and uh, things uh, uh, that they use for pro- for protection because they know that Israel's not going to bomb a hospital. Um, mm-hmm. So they're they're underneath it, and the ground troops, uh, IDF ground troops from Israel, um, are in those tunnels and they're starting to flood them mm-hmm. to you know get them out. So that's that's happening. Uh, and, uh, and they're not going to quit, even though the United States and others have asked them to. Uh, they say, well, we're not, do- not going to do it. because. Uh, uh, and as Denny explained to us, uh, which was really interesting to me, was um, I think we've gone through quite a bit of a discussion about how governments are formed in Israel with the, you know, there's like 11 or 12 different parties. Nobody ever gets a majority so right. they have to do a coalition uh, of other parties to join your party. And, and one of them has the biggest amount um, in Israel that whoever wins the biggest amount, and this is generally, let's say, around, you know, maybe 30 to 35 percent of the of the vote. Um, but you're the biggest one. Now, you have 30 days mm-hmm. to get other parties to sign and they literally sign an agreement uh, mm-hmm. that I will support this and we're you know we're gonna we're gonna do this together um, if any of those parties after they've done that in let's say it could be a month later it could be six months later a year later they can officially withdraw that uh, signed commitment Mm-hmm. And say you're not doing what I want you to do, and so I know basically longer, I a no vote of incompetence type yeah. thing, right? Um, and so they um, uh, they withdraw, and if they take you down below fifty percent, you have another thirty days to form a government, mm-hmm. and if not, then you have to vote again, you know. And uh, and that's what happened um, over the last three years. Uh, Netanyahu's party. Uh, did not get the majority biggest uh, amount. Another one did. Uh, they formed a government. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did not include uh, Netanyahu. He didn't. He didn't sign on to that. His party. 
Um, and during that time, last couple of years, um, one of the parties withdrew officially, mm-hmm. and they went below 50% and no longer had a government. And so uh, they tried to form it again, couldn't. So we had to have an election. They had an election. Netanyahu's party got the majority. Mm-hmm. And this is just a year ago. Um, he formed a government. Uh, and it was just slightly over 50%, like 53, 54%. Um, All the change seems so chaotic even, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it, got to be hard to function in that capacity. Yeah. And think about the equivalent to us would be if, if our system operated that way. Mm-hmm. And let's say the Republicans and the Democrats are the primary parties. Um, if it flipped that quick. Right. And you know, Republicans have a certain things that they're doing if they're in power. It's hard to get any real traction on anything, yeah, right? Yeah. And then uh, if, well, if you lose it, you know, within eight, 10 months, <laughs> the other party mm-hmm. can do it. So it's kind of crazy. It's a little bit, it is chaotic. But um, uh, so they they were holding on to what's called a slight majority, I think like 55% mm-hmm. uh, with their uh, coalition. When the war happened, um, and this is something I didn't even appreciate until Denny explained it to us, was um, every party signed an agreement mm-hmm. that at this moment we are all unified and we are going to do everything together. And they literally sign an agreement by commitment. Mm. So it's not like, yeah, we're kind of, kind of, kind of support you. Right. No, we, we now agree to support what you're right. what you're going to do. And we all, including the populace of Israel, we want you to eliminate Hamas. Mm. And we're in. And we're going to stay that way until they do. Until it's done, yeah. Um, and then when it's done, if they want to at that point, they could say, okay, now we're going to take our, our official agreement back and go back to you know, mm-hmm. being, being in a different mode. And so the, the interesting thing is that Israel is completely uh, committed both by, in a sense, legal uh, legislator and the population of eliminating Hamas. Um, mm-hmm. And they're working, 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 working at it. Now their their desire is because it's such a uh, depressed area and, uh, you know, of course a lot of that damage has happened. Right. Uh, would be, they, what they're trying to do is get the United States and Saudi Arabia uh, to join them and form a coalition, a world coalition that would reinvest in Gaza, but with assurance that there'll be no terrorism mm. um, and that the people of Gaza will have to agree to that uh, so that they don't ruin the opportunity that, you know, that they're going to be given. So that's, that's their approach. Uh, I did just look back yeah. at the um, schedule, and if my notes are right, Denny's first segment will have aired on um, February 15th. Oh, so yesterday, okay. if okay. you're listening to this today, February 16th, Denny's first segment will have been yesterday. Go back and listen to that, and yeah. then we have him again next Thursday sharing some just incredible insight on the things going yeah. on in Israel. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, he's got really good connections over there. He's got some friends, yeah. actually, that live there and feed him information. Uh, uh, and so, um, so what's happening is that, you know, of course, they're focused on Gaza. Um, we remember Hez- Hezbollah is in the north in uh, Lebanon. 
mm-hmm. um, and they have had some attacks uh, over the last couple of weeks from there. Mm-hmm. Um, Iran and Iraq have fired missiles uh, from Syria in Iraq, uh, both toward Israel, but also they have had some success in uh, U.S. military places. Um, mm-hmm. And some people have actually died from it, and that triggered a response by the United States. And um, and then in the yeah, red- can you speak into some of the Red Sea stuff too? Yeah. Tell us what's going on there, and because our response is escalating there, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's a group supported by uh, Iran. Remember, these are all Shiites, mm-hmm. um, and they're against the West and against Israel, particularly. The Red Sea um, is a a major thoroughfare mm-hmm. of transportation. Absolutely. Um, Lots of trade that happens there, right? Uh, and so you think of tankers and, uh, you know, big big boats that are taking supplies, you know, back, mm-hmm. back and forth uh, to Yemen and uh, Sudan, uh, Egypt, Saudi Arabia. Um, they all use that as a trade place. Well, in the South, <clears throat> Iran has supported a group called the Houthis, H O U T H I the Houthis, um, and they're attacking boats in the Red Sea to try to shut mm-hmm. down shut down the uh, the movement of boats. Well, the United States, with their missile capability, have been attacking the the Houthis, <laughs> right, uh, to try to free up you know the, the uh, traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Houthis... Because that is having a worldwide impact on the economy. Just, it, it is because it's, yeah. it's impacting supply chain stuff. Um, particularly think of oil. Uh, mm-hmm. Oil has to be transported you know, out of Saudi Arabia. So um, it's a bit, It's kind of a big deal. And um, as we try to understand it, it's kind of an interesting place because none of this is going in a full, what we call a full-scale war. Mm-hmm. Um, so they haven't elevated it yet to a place where it would it would take Saudi Arabia or the United States or Israel to go into a big war with Iran, mm-hmm. for example. Um, and so it's still been localized at the Houthis in the Red Sea, knowing it's being funded and it's being supported by Iran. And Iran and Lebanon and Syria... Um, they're they're nipping what I call nipping mm-hmm. with attacks, but they're not escalating it to, right. a, to a point of forcing. Now, what we see is this getting you know drawn in, drawn in, drawn in. So is the question is is there something coming up mm-hmm. uh, that is going to escalate it? to a much right. much bigger place and put yeah. the whole Middle I East. even read I read a little article um this morning in uh the morning brew I don't know if you get that email that's a good little you know top view just of quick stories um but it was talking about how the UK um you know the government there has even spoken now that you know where they used to be in a post-war era they are definite definitively in a pre-war era now yeah that is the the stance that they are taking and how they're prepping and how they're looking at things is a pre-war era. Yeah. Which was interesting. Yeah. yeah. And when you use that term, um, you know, think about what, what does that imply, you know, in uh, pre-war versus post-war. 
Yeah, that it's not a, you know, recuperating, rebuilding, reconstructing. It is preparing for things to escalate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the right now, because there isn't any um, signal of a let, you know, kind of a slowdown or a termination mm -hmm. or even a trying to establish a, a level of peace, they have to look at it as it could escalate, mm -hmm. you know, and Russia and China could join and. Right. Uh, the tension is high and you can't ignore it and say, well, I guess it'll be fine. Right. Uh, You've got to pay attention. You have to expect and be prepared for mm -hmm. that it could escalate. And that's what, you know, as everyone's, uh, you know, listening to us, uh, we just urge you to uh, at least keep receiving good information um, and be aware because it could have a gigantic impact like for example if there's a disruption in the oil supply mm -hmm. um, it'll it'll skyrocket our gas our gas prices um, and have a big effect on our economy I mean so uh, and then what do we do militarily in the Middle East how do we respond we've responded right now with a little bit of of attack mm -hmm. uh, when we've been attacked and the Houthis specifically, they're trying to eliminate them, shot, uh, shutting down the shipping lanes. Uh, mm -hmm. But they're pretty strong, and they've got they've got a lot of uh, uh, weapons for, coming from Iran. And U.S. doesn't really want to escalate it themselves. Um, so they could, mm -hmm. you know, right now if they wanted to, and just say, you know what, we're just going to go in after every single boat that they can get after and get off to the Houthis and just take them out. But if they did that, they'd escalate the war. Mm -hmm. uh, which yeah, is, so everybody's kind of walking on eggshells is it, what yeah. I would say, yeah. you know? Yeah, but at the same There's time. There's a lot going on, but they're walking on eggshells. At the same time, they're not diminishing it. Mm -hmm. um, and all while that's going on, Israel is systematically uh, working the Gaza to mm -hmm. make sure that they're not being attacked. And if you think about it in a really simple way, is um, because of what they've done, they forced Hamas into what I would call hiding. Mm -hmm. Their their goal now is just hide and be protected, um, and they're doing it through you know these tunnels and and exiting the country and a variety of things that they're doing. But what they're not doing is any offensive activity against Israel mm -hmm. uh, because they're on the basically they're on the run. Right, um, and when you're in, on your retreating and running, you're not even thinking. Okay, how do we go back and attack our enemy? Mm -hmm. We're just trying to survive. Well, right. if you think about that, Israel's achieving a little bit of their goal, mm. and that is, well, we're not getting attacked. Right. Uh, so that's good, and and they they believe this. If they stopped. Hamas would regather mm -hmm. and go back on the offense. Right. So as far as they're concerned, even keeping them on the run, even if they don't ever finalize it, mm -hmm. if they can keep them on the run, they're going to prevent them from attacking Israel because they don't have the thought, the wherewithal, right. the ability to do it. So it's, it's a really interesting strategy mm. uh, to see what's going to happen. But um, all we can look at from here, remember the end is all centered on Israel. 
mm-hmm. um, in the Middle East. So that the dynamics are things that we're supposed to understand of who's forming up where and how and how does Israel respond to that because there does become a moment um, as we head toward the tribulation and then into the tribulation that um, the world comes against Israel mm-hmm. um, and everybody joins that and the Antichrist you know, really rises up with the, with the desire to eliminate Israel and to establish, you know, obviously himself as God, which he does in the mid-trib. Um, and, you know, the impact of that uh, is uh, Israel does survive it, but the world, there has to be a, a, a turning of opposition to Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember, that usually comes out of of conflict and uh, what what the world sees as what they they want to do uh, and why they want to do it, and so we can see the the forces kind of lining up right now. That mm-hmm. that in October, and this is something we just need to, need to pay attention to, is that when these significant things happen and the the normal is changed, which it mm-hmm. was in October, now there's a new normal. Right. Um, and a dynamic going on. And everything hasn't solidified yet as to who's who's lining up with who and how far is Iran going to go to try to attack mm-hmm. Israel. No, And we know the story is that Israel doesn't get eliminated. Right. Uh, even, though they, even though they want to. So they can talk about it, but we know it doesn't happen because of this, what the scriptures say. Um, and it's really interesting. And as we uh, uh, look at that... Um, Let's go to, um, um, this is in Matthew uh, 24. Hold on a minute. Let me uh, get into that. Um, okay. Um, Jesus uh, talks a lot about it. It's interesting. Um, so uh, it was uh, uh, It was really, uh, uh, you know, interesting um, when the disciples, uh, particularly, you know, because it's recorded here in Matthew 24. So this is this is probably the last, you know, week or two before before he goes to Gethsemane into his death. And one of the the topics that they're highly interested in is when is the end coming? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then he they raise raise it up and talk about it, and he answers it. Um, so um, uh, if you uh, uh, go to um, uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 24 and read verses um, uh, 29 to 31 actually no we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do a different verse do, do three, okay. 3 through uh, 14 sure um, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives the disciples came to him privately saying tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And now, by, Jesus by the answered, way, by the way, just stop just a second. Um, the disciples, in a sense, at this point, hadn't connected any dots yet. Mm. Um, okay. So remember, their expectation of Messiah was, was what? A political ruler, really. Political ruler. That was going to set them free. and. That, <laughs> You're the Messiah. That's what they called him, Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're the Messiah. Their view of the Messiah was that he was now going to 
set up a earthly kingdom mm-hmm. and rule, and the Romans would basically be overthrown, and they would start ruling, you know, the known what they would consider the known world. And if you remember, <laughs> this is always funny. Uh, even even in the in the upper room, uh, as he's getting ready to go to his death, their questions are. Which of us get to be number one in your cabinet? Right, right. Um, you know, and and how are we? So they're we, still thinking political in that they're, sense, they're right? They're still thinking political, and we're going to co-rule with you, mm-hmm. and we're going to be the big shots, uh, you know, mm-hmm. running the show, and you're, of course, you know, the head. Um, and but Jesus talks about, he kept talking about his death and resurrection, which mm-hmm. they which they kind of, they just. For some reason, they just didn't ever understand that, or they didn't, you know, pursue it. Like, tell us more about it. It's like, right? No, you know, no. We're going to rule. Well, and, you know, don't we do that sometimes too? Though, I mean, yes. God will be highlighting something to us over and over, and until we look back after something has happened, they were like, "Oh, he did say this. He did say this. He did say this." Yeah. And sometimes we just forage forward, right? Yeah. And then he says, "I'm going to come back." And that will be the sign of the end. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to come back in the end. Well, they say, well, what will be the sign of your coming and the end? And if they just thought about what they just asked, mm-hmm. when's the sign of your coming? They really should have a question before that. Where are you going where, before When that? and where are you going? <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> Why? What do you mean coming back? Aren't we going right. to rule? See, and they... They were just kind of receiving this information, and they just weren't processing it mm-hmm. to look at it, look at all that it meant. Hmm. Um, Jesus, and this is this is you know uh, something that we uh, help help people with abiding is see Jesus, uh, the Word, uh, God is truth and speaks truth, and a lot of times it's it's not easily understood. Mm-hmm. Or seems contradictory, particularly to what we think, right? Because uh, they thought he's a Messiah now, which he was, um, and they they kind of dismissed all his conversations about death and resurrection, mm-hmm. um, and then what's going to happen after that. Um, so, but Jesus, interesting enough, and this is this is kind of I think how it goes is particularly as we're thinking about the end, he says, "Well, I'm going to say some things." I'm going to speak some things, and they're true. I want you to pursue understanding that truth, and keep keep looking, you know. And and he says, "I'm going to come back. Mm-hmm. When I come back, it's at the end, uh, which yeah. is why we call end times. Um, and and we now we because we know about the death and resurrection of Christ. We know about the Holy Spirit. When we say Christ returns, we okay, we get that um, right. When he comes back, it would be the end. Um, and they said, well, what's going to be the sign of that? Okay, so now I read verses uh, 4 through uh, 14. Sure. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. 
Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawless, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Yeah. So, um, uh, and we'll try to explore this, you know, in, in, uh, as we go down these uh, different uh, weeks with this. But um, uh, the first thing he says is that uh, take heed that no one deceives you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think of that statement, which is what he leads with. Right. Take heed that no one deceives you. Um, uh, and deception, he says, will grow uh, in the end. Okay, and think of the simple definition. What's What would be deception? Something that's not true. Something that's not true. Portrayed as true. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what you need to understand. And um, one of the truths that people uh, try to dismiss is, um, well, really... Um, you don't really need to pay attention about the end times because it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter on two different levels for a lot of Christians. One, uh, what will be, will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's called fatalism. Yeah, whatever happens, happens. And, and uh, God, you know, God's going to do something. And what we've been taught is as we approach and we'll talk more about these conditions, we actually are going to be raptured, uh, called pre-trib rapture, mm-hmm. and we're gone anyway. So why do we care? Right. Um, okay. Well, Jesus says, "I want you to care." Mm-hmm. Deception would say, "What? Don't bother. Don't bother." Uh, yeah. He said, "Be careful, just at that pure level mm-hmm. of of thinking that it doesn't matter, or that it'll never happen, or it won't impact you." Um, or that you won't be here to be impacted. Um, and and the, the way to overcome deception is to go to truth, mm-hmm. just like these disciples, you know, were a little bit, they were living in deception because they had a view that Messiah was going to rule earth with them now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kept saying to them, well, think about what I just said. I'm coming back. And they should have started putting the dots together, but they didn't. Right. They were right. Actually, they were actually living in deception. And see, God will. His goal isn't to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna work really hard and persuade you. It's. Do you have a heart to receive? Be careful that mm-hmm. you don't get deceived. And we'll talk more about that. What does deception look like as we're approaching uh, the end here? And uh, why is that so important for us to be careful mm-hmm. of? Uh, and we'll talk more about that. So we'll we'll Great. catch that up next week. I would would urge you if you haven't listened to uh, Denny, uh, he's talking specifically about Israel, what's going on in Israel. Yesterday would be the first session, and then next week will be the next session. Um, and we're going to start having him on on a more regular basis. Yeah, too, we're going to be great. We're going to have uh, Denny on as a regular. Uh, he's got such a great pipeline to mm-hmm. truth. What's happening over there? And he could help interpret it because of his, uh, you know, Jewish heritage. So uh, it'll be exciting. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you that uh, you give us this truth and insight and wisdom. Uh, We do see things happening. Uh, It is uh, moving forward. 
lots of things that are in play. And uh, you want us to be in a place where we're not deceived Mm -hmm. and we're willing to look at the signs and then interpret those signs as it impacts us. Uh, And at the same time, uh, you do tell us to keep living and not to also go Mm -hmm. the other direction and make our own proclamations about Mm -hmm. it or the timing of it or to give up on it. So uh, it's a really interesting place to be. And we, we just pray that we'll have a heart to move forward together in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Always a joy to um, have these discussions with you. If you have questions from today, be sure to send them in to us at abide, um, questions at abideministries.com. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Yep. See you then. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.